Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall, there's no toilet paper or seat cover, you handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how much of Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips, you going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours who's cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean. So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. It is day 28 of August full of TJ and Jesus. Can y'all tell I am lit? Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, but I am TJ Mercer. I am known as the walking exclamation point on most days. Uh, I'm known as the chief noisemaker. I'm the world's greatest hugger. But as a chief noisemaker, I, uh, I had a calendar reminder about your glasses, but I think you have it covered. Yes, I do remember. They sitting right there, y'all. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, I'm doing an unboxing tonight because y'all have convinced me these things are fun for y'all. Uh, so I've been sitting on my brand new glasses. Like I got bought a ridiculous amount of them. I'm not going to tell you how many. Uh, and so we're going to do an unboxing at like 9.45 tonight after we wrap this. Uh, so I'm excited about that because I get to see my new glasses. Ah! So I love glasses like I love Samsung. What was I? So most days I'm known as the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy, which means I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves uh, in the media without a publicist and without being a celebrity. I'm a beast at what I do because I spent 25 years working um, in television in Hollywood. And I got a couple of awards under my belt and whatnot. Yeah, I'm proud of that. But in the meantime, hey, my Anthony, my Anthony, uh, in the meantime, uh, we have been spending all of August together because for this season, God gave me the divine assignment to come get some of y'all out of Egypt, be your Moses, let you hook your trains to my caboose, choo-choo, choo-choo. And uh, y'all been riding with a sister, like for real, for real. 
And so before I forget, and Yvette, somebody, remind me at the end of the night that I want to remind you of this. You're going to have homework tonight. And tomorrow is our last uh, spill the tea uh, session. So I want to see some people. Chantel, uh, Lipstick Chatter, I would love to see you. I'm going to give you an assignment. And I want to see you on camera because tomorrow's the night that I don't teach. I let you pour back into me. And by pouring back into me, not in a selfish way, but pour back into me of giving me what has been beneficial for you on this journey. So tomorrow I want to see some people who have been rocking pretty much every day, but they, they either whatever going on in their lives, they can't be on camera. They don't come in. But tomorrow I want to see some new people. We got that lipstick chatter. We got that. Who else? Who else have I not seen? Uh, Dolly, I've seen you. Miss Mary, I haven't seen you. Uh, Elsie, I haven't seen you. Yes, I'm putting y'all on blast. I'm putting y'all on blast. Cynthia, I have not seen you. Miss Rochelle, I have not seen you. Uh, put the site up again. What do you mean? Yes, I called you out, Lipstick Chatter. Put the site up again. What site, ma? She's calling. Uh, what site, ma? What site is she talking about, y'all? What site? I don't know what I don't know what site what put what site up again, ma? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so with that said, with that said, let me make sure I've laid out the foundation of where we're going. Okay, so we've we're turning the link. What link? What link did I put out? Wait. Oh, you're talking about the link to come. Oh, the link to come in. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, it's the same link. Uh, as normal, Audrey, you can paste it for me. Um, uh, uh, you can also paste it for me uh, to come on live. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, because at the end, mom's gonna come on. Um, but you don't have to come on right now. You don't have to come on right now, mom. But I told mom she needed to go upstairs, turn on her air, go upstairs and be ready, because I want her to come on um, and, and uh, do something with me on this. Um, which should be fine. Y'all know when my mom and I get together. Uh, all right. So let's, we're turning the corner and we are going to, for the next three days of teaching, <laughs> Chantel said, guess I have to do my hair, um, for the next three days of teaching and why y'all talking to each other then Chantel tell Elsie, we're not traveling tonight, but I just need you to hold on. We're going to start off a bit heavy, but Trust me, you know, I'm not going to leave you in that place unless God tells me to, but I don't think I am. Uh, it's Friday night. I want to be kind of be lively with you. So um, Chantel, tell Elsie that we're not traveling a lot. We're not going to be back and forth. Uh, Lashenda, tell my mother that she can rest. We won't be back and forth. Uh, who else? Miss Mary, why don't you tell Audrey that she can take a break? We won't be back and forth. But we are going to turn the corner and go a bit into uh, post-crucifixion. And for those of you who've been rocking with me this whole time, you know what we've been covering is looking at our journey through Peter. And we're coming out of Egypt. God sent me to come get you guys out of Egypt. Your Egypts of complacency, your Egypts of depression, your Egypts of lack your Egypt's of anxiety, your Egypt's of whatever your Egypt is, and to come and awaken the Peter that's in each of you. So we've been looking at the whole journey of Peter from vulgar, rugged fishermen who don't play 
to where we're now going to start seeing what God did in Peter's life and the evolution, um, the evolution to, <laughs> I love when y'all talk to each other. That just cracks me up. Um, Dana says, thank you for coming for us. It is my honor to come get y'all. Uh, I'm ready to let, let y'all go though. I ain't gonna lie. I'm ready. I'm so sick of waking up thinking about all y'all. <laughs> every day. I'm like, Tuesday, can you get here fast enough? Because TJ is tired. Every waking minute, I'm thinking about y'all. Um, so I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of not having to worry about y'all and think about, okay, what do they need from me? What do I need to say to make sure they're getting this? So with that said, I want to read something that I saw on Facebook today. And from a, a friend, and I don't, the person who shared this, uh, I don't know the woman it's about, but it really shook me. It shook me, it shook me, it shook me. And like I said, the, the I need you to just roll with me because the, the top of this may seem a bit morbid. Uh, no lipstick chatter, uh, chatter. You mean to tell me God didn't tell you about September yet? Nope, 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 nope. And I'm trying not to, you know, ugh. So I want to read this, and it's from a young lady named um, Anisha Collins. And this was public. I'm not, you know, reading something that she didn't put out there for the public to read. And it's actually been shared um, about over a thousand times. And she says, I have terminal cancer. And I have only been given a few days to a week of lifespan. If you want to help. I'd appreciate it if, one, you have my back and support me if rumors float around of what's going on with me beyond what I shared above, and two, continue to pray for me and my family. I also ask that you do not flood my inbox with remedies of anything that nature to cure me. No sad, sobbing stuff on my timeline either. I don't want that type of energy around me. Do not inbox me the negative vibes either. I'm not being rude. I just don't need negative or anxiety rooted energy. There's more that I want to say and share. Not sure if I'll have the time as we are getting my affairs in order. But if I can, I will. Side note, please keep my mom lifted. She's everyone's point of contact for me during this time. And I know it's a lot on her plate. And that, that shook me. It shook me because for two, two reasons. One, I have no idea how that feels. To get that kind of news. And, and I could tell after looking at her timeline, she's a woman of faith. Um, but to get that kind of news and have to process it and then share it with the people that you love and help them navigate that loss. And then her line where she talks about, there's more she wants to share, but she doesn't know where, if she's gonna have time. It put, you know, for a moment, it just shook me because it put life into perspective. Like, I want to die empty. I want to die knowing that I've said what I've had, you know, wanted to say, 
done what I've wanted to do, and I've lived a life of fullness. And if we go back and look at how Jesus handled that last night, he handled it in a way that he was where he wanted to be with the people he wanted to be with. And reading her post, it, it put it in perspective, like the stuff that we are complaining about. Here is this woman. She's at the end of her life by man's dictate. We don't know what God can do. And I immediately went into prayer and like prayed, Lord, let's show us the biggest miracle possible. Help her to confound the doctors. You, you know, her body, you created her body. Heal it if it be thy will. So we know what faith looks like, but then when you, you face the reality I always, when people suddenly die, I, for some reason I have been, I know some other people do it too, but I always go to their social media and wonder what was the last thing they posted. And I remember having a classmate that died and I went to their page and the last thing they posted was them cussing people out. That was the last thing they left with people. And I was saddened because that, unless somebody wipes out their Facebook page, that's, that's it. And so I, I, that's why I'm very mindful of what I post because I don't want someone who knows me, who doesn't know me that to see be that is the last post. And I think I told you guys one day, it was the day that the video emerged of that black kid who was out with his white friends. They were going somewhere and they were in, you know, a forest or something. And I sat there and I watched his white friends. He was attacked by a bunch of racists. And I sat there and watched his white friends record this thing and not help him. And I, 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 I was so enraged because black friends, we don't do that. Like, we gonna die trying to help our boy and these are your friends? And they holding the camera steady and they're yelling at the racist, let them go, let them go. And it's like, y'all are in the forest. There's all kind of branches and everything around and ain't none of y'all picking up. They have the dude pinned up against the tree and ain't none of y'all picking up and just wildly screaming and swinging. This is supposed to be your boy. And I was so enraged, I was seeing red. And I wrote a post <laughs> that I was like, y'all ain't getting the hugging, laughing TJ today based on what I saw. And I went in. And my friend called me later that night and said, I need you to go delete that. And I didn't care. I was that, I was that irate. I was hurt that they stood there and we got clear video 
They were recording and yelling as opposed to putting that phone down and swinging. The, the, the racist had the boy pinned up against a tree. And so my friend had to come get me. He's like, you don't want that. You don't want that on your timeline because it doesn't represent who you really are. And you don't want someone coming and seeing that who doesn't know you. And they dismiss the 99.9% .9 of the posts that you laughing and loving on people and cracking up people that that is the last thing. So you got to take that down today. And I did. I'm glad I did because the CBS national interview aired the next day. <laughs> but pretty much I'm mindful of the things that in Instagram, if you're tuning in now, this is not the unboxing. This is me teaching August full of TJ. The unboxing is going to be around 945 tonight, Eastern. Um, and so when I saw that post, it really like, yo, this life ain't no joke. People are stepping out of here and she's got to get, she's spending time getting her affairs in order. She says she got stuff she wants to say, but she's, she's got to prepare to be gone. And, and I know if that were me, I would be worried about, okay, spending as much time with my mom, my sister, my, my cousin, my niece, my nephew, my brother, like, it's so many, like, I can't even fathom what she's going through. And so I didn't even have a deep prayer. It was just, Lord, be with her, guide her through this, make her time, that extend her time, stop time, do what you got to do. And so as we're going through, through looking tonight, I wanted to, I wanted to give you guys an exercise that in media, this is what I, I, and if Lynn is here, I think Lynn is my only media maverick that's here. Uh, she's heard me teach this in media. Whenever I teach, I have them do this exercise because when I teach PR strategies, I'm not really interested in using my strategies to help you be famous for the sake of being famous. I, I, I'm, I, I'm concerned about your whole purpose. Everybody else can teach for whatever for you, so you to be the celebrity. I'm concerned about getting the word out there so you can serve people. And so um, I want to share my screen. Uh, can y'all see my screen? So here's an exercise that I want you to be thinking about. What do you want your tombstone to say? And you, you, I am the, the daughter of, I'm a preacher's kid and I'm a mortician's kid. And I grew up playing hide and go seek in caskets in my family's funeral home. Uh, we used to play church in the chapel. I used to like to be the one that would be all up in the casket. You know, I was always a theatrical kid. My mother would tell you. So I look at death, death differently. You know, I remember, you know, 
my mom worked the graveyard shift, no pun intended, worked graveyard shift. So I'd be home with my father at night and he'd get the call to go get a body. And I'd be sitting in the front seat of a hearse parked in the back of the hospital while they're loading the body in my pajamas. And then we'd go to the funeral home and I'd sleep on the couch while he'd be embalming the body. <laughs> body. That was my my part of my childhood. And so death is, is different to me. And so I have my my clients start at the end and reverse engineer their story. When when I, I think I've used the example when I worked on The Bachelor, when I worked on The Bachelor, I would always I need to know who who gets the rose at the end of the night. And then I'll build the story from there so that it has all the elements of an engaging story because I knew where we were going. And that's why I've said to you guys, this has been difficult because God didn't ever tell me where we were going with this. When we started, I had no clue. We still don't really have no clue how we're going to really end this. But I had to trust. But as a storyteller, I usually know the end of my story. And so I want you to think about what do you want your tombstone to say at the end of your life? If someone were walking past your tombstone, and if I want it to be, I want to be cremated, but if I had a tombstone, I would really want to have like a whole billboard and whatnot, because I got all these monikers that people know me as, and I had Yvette and him laughing the other day, like, I need a billboard as my tombstone. But my tombstone would say, here lies the woman who loved on God's kids and who was a sap, somebody's answered prayer. And one thing that's clear about my family who know my wishes, I don't want long a long eulogy. I just want people to stand up and say, finish this sentence, I'm grateful for TJ's life because God used her to be my answered prayer when she, that's it. That's how I want my life to matter. Yvette says, I'm the bingo boss this weekend. <laughs> yes. I want you guys to do that. And so tomorrow at Spill the Tea, Lipstick Chatter, I want to know what do you want on your tombstone? Cynthia, tomorrow on the Spill the Tea, I want to know what do you want on your tombstone? Mom, tomorrow, what do you want on your tombstone? Because here's the thing, when I coach in media, the life lesson is everything that I do from this point on has to lead me. Yes, Tamisha, somebody's answer prayer. Hi, my baby. Has to lead me to here lies a woman who loved on God's kids and who was somebody's answer prayer. If it doesn't, I, I, I've known that that was my purpose, that God, I'm built for that. He created me for that. And, and it may take different shapes along the way. So it, it takes a different shape when I'm Wanda's daughter. It takes a different shape when I'm T2 and Sir Grace's uh, TT. It takes a different shape when I'm the bingo boss and loving on my HBCU babies. It takes a different shape when I'm coaching me, my clients on how to rock their genius in the media. It takes a different shape shape when I'm showing up for August full of TJ and we're doing the, I'm, I'm tapping into my Bible story, uh, my Bible storyteller. It takes a different shape 
in different aspects based on what God's kids need. But at the end of the day, it's all still going to boil down to here lies a woman who loved on God's kids and who was somebody's answered prayer. And I'm telling you, that will change the game when you know how you want your life to be remembered. You, you drill down that this is what I was built for. This is why God had my mama meet my daddy. They like each other at least one time to create the miracle of me. This is why God has sustained my life for this long. This is why he didn't let certain things that should have taken me out, take me out. This is what I'm called to do. Hmm. Lipstick chatter says, hashtag leader. Lipstick chatter been there since the days I was saying, I don't want to be nobody's leader. <laughs> yeah. But I guarantee you, it changes the mentality by which, by which you walk around. When I leave, I'm looking for opportunities where I can love on God's kids. When I, I, I on a normal day, when I'm out, I'm looking for opportunities. When we could safely hug people, I'm looking for opportunities where I can hold them in my arms and let them know for them 15 or 20 seconds that I'm, they're in my arms, that I see them, I feel them. It changes how I navigate daily. So yes, tomorrow, if you don't come on and say anything else, you can come on, say what you got to say, bounce off. But I want to hear from you. If you've rocked with me this long, I need to hear from you. So let's eat. Luke. 24, 13 through 53. These are not going to be tonight's not going to be anything that you have. We haven't read before. But as usual, we're just going to look at it from a different angle. That same day. So what, what we're studying now, just like last night. Hi, my Tamisha. I love you, Tamisha. Um, like I, I um, we looked at last, was it last night that we walked through what was the last things? No, the night before that we looked at the things that were important to Jesus to say to the disciples the last night of the Last Supper. And today we're going to look at what did Jesus say or do when he came back after the crucifixion? So last night we spent we spent a lot of time going through the things that Peter observed. And we've spent a lot of time actually repeating scriptures because I said what I think God was doing was that we needed to really ingest what, what happened so that Later on, dots could start connecting. So verse 13, the same day, two of Jesus' followers will walk into the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. So seven miles from where Jesus died. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. 
And from another account, we know, I forget, I think it's John, that we know that one of these people is um, uh, Peter, okay? As they walked along, they were talking about everything that happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came, suddenly, <laughs> and began walking with them. What up, bro? Yo, you got it. But God kept them from recognizing him. And I, I believe that he knew Peter was going to act a plum fool to Misha if he knew it was Jesus. Like, y'all already know how Peter get down. So Jesus is like, no, I got I got more I got to to pour into Peter. So I got to I got to I got to disguise myself and like not let him really see it's me because, you know, Peter going to lose his mind the minute he find out it's his Jesus. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently? There's that word as you walk alone. Intently. Remember. When he met Peter, he he looked at Peter intently. So we got to intently. They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces because. Where you been, dude? They still grieving. Where, where you been? Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, dude, you must be living under a rock. You, you got to be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there in the last few days. What the heck you been doing? Where are you from? <laughs> Jesus is cold. Well, so unbothered. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, my dude, the man from Nazareth, my dude. I knew him personally. I walked with him. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. And how do I know? Because I was rolling with him. I'm the beneficiary of his teaching. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and whew, they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah. See, they still had made the connection. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. As a matter of fact, then some women from my group came with this crazy story of his followers were at the tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report that I'm still trying to wrap my brain around. They said his body was missing and I actually ran to the tomb. I, I beat my boy to the tomb. I sinked. Sinked, not saw. I sinked the empty clothes myself. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Where you been, dude? Some of our men ran out to sea and sure enough, yo, <laughs> I witnessed it myself. His body was out, gone, gone. Just as the women had said, well, duh. Women be like, I told you. 
Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. I wonder if this is sound, because it sounds like, oh, you have little faith. You know how many times I was like, Jesus keep telling these dudes they got little faith. Peter walking on the water and Jesus still telling him he got a little faith. God still hadn't really told me about that connection. But I'm wondering, is it kind of like triggering something like you foolish people? You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted? You sitting here telling me exactly what the scriptures predicted. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? I, I know the scriptures. Are you listening to yourself? Do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? You're telling me things that was predicted. And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses. I love that visual. Jesus was always teaching. He was always ministering and mentoring. It says he took them through the writings of Moses so they could start connecting the dots. Dolly, they, they started connecting the dots. He patiently walked him through this and the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. It's like, so the prophet said that I was going to have to die. The prophet said that God was going to send me. And I died and then wrote. Like, it's all there. By this time, they were nearing Emus at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going, going on. Like, Jesus, I'm telling you, that dude, he had a personality. Jesus was just not no stick in the mud. It said... He acted as, like you can't even like Jesus is going to just lead him like I'm just be messing with him. I don't know. I just I. My prayer has been, Lord, can you let me hang out with Jesus in my dreams? Like I ain't trying to come to him just right now. <laughs> like I ain't, I ain't trying to physically be with him. But can you just let me just hang out with Jesus in my dreams and see what it's like? Because for him to go, he acted as if. He were going on like, you know what? Good to talk to you. I hope it was helpful what I said. So I'm just going. I'm just going. But they begged him. Stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with him. He knew he was going to go home anyway with him. And as they sat down to eat, mm, connect, connect the dots. He took the bread and blessed it. Remember, we walked down how Jesus was constantly thanking God and blessing him when he did the um, when he fed the four thousand and the five thousand. It stopped down and said he took the bread and, and, and blessed it when they did the Last Supper. He took the bread and blessed it. So I'm wondering, is this thing becoming a little familiar with Peter? Like, I can't place it, but that mm, I know that dude, something about how he broke that bread. Like, that's familiar. Like, I can't place it, but mm, I feel like I know this dude. Then he broke it and gave it to them. So he did the same thing he did at the Last Supper three days ago. Yo, could the, I know I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I just must be missing my Jesus. I'm tripping. Suddenly, it was the break the bread. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It was how he broke that bread. Their eyes were open. And they recognized him, but then Jesus is cold. And at that moment, he disappeared. You know, I ain't gonna front. When I read this again today, I was like, I'll be so mad at Jesus. I'll be respectfully probably cussing him out of my head. I'm just talking about me. I'm just talking about me. I'm just talking about me. I'm sure y'all wouldn't. Y'all be cool with it. But I'm like, 
I would have been like this mm, here. How are you going to just roll in and then be gone? And then you think about it. They don't know. We know that Jesus is coming back to them, but they don't. So I would be really, really mad. What about you, Lifted Chatter? You're going to be really, really mad or you're going to be okay with it? Elsie, Lashenda, you're going to be really like, you just going to sit like you finally recognize him and then poof, he becomes David Copperfield. I'd be like, dude. Really, can you stop the David Copperfield tricks? Can you not be David Blaine on us right now? I need to holler at you. I need to see you. At least you could have let me hug you. Like I, I would have been big mad. I'm, I'm just gonna be keep. I'm gonna keep it real. Yvette, Yvette says, "How you gonna eat and run? Exactly. You gonna eat our food and then bounce? That's straight like a ninja." They said to each other. I'm sure, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I laugh at, at myself because I know my, my father would probably be cringing. I know like real, like conservative preachers, I'm sure they would be cringing of how I have taught Bible study. Like ain't nobody gonna let me in their church to teach Bible study because the way, <laughs> Tamisha's like the same thing. Yep, you be looking crazy like, hey, dude. But I'm not concerned about how everybody else would accept me. I'm coming for my tea lights. They love it. They get it. They said to each other, didn't our hearts, they looking at you like, dude, can you, the, uh, did you think, you thinking what I'm thinking? That was, no, that couldn't be. Like, I'm his boy. He would have said something if that really was, but. Yo, it was. I know that was. They said to us, didn't our hearts burn with us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? It's like, yo, this, I, I know how Jesus got down. So, yeah. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They like, <laughs> I didn't catch this the other day. But it's like, this happened. Did it say, let's see, let's go back. They had just walked from Jerusalem and they were going to stay the night. Hold on. Let me see. Cause I want to see, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home. Uh-uh. So they didn't even get, I didn't see this. I didn't see this. So they come from Jerusalem onto Emus. They were going to stay the night in Emus, but then Jesus broke bread. They recognized it was Jesus. And that's why it's saying within the hour, they were back. <laughs> they were like, they were back on their way to Jerusalem. Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. We got to tell this. Thomas and them, they ain't going to believe this. James, John, they ain't going to believe this. I know we just came seven miles. Dude, we get ready to go back. I ain't going to be able to sleep anyway, so we might as well just go and get started. Y'all know. Y'all know that's how I would be. Y'all know. Y'all know this is how I would be. I've been so active. My watch is thinking I'm working out. <laughs> so y'all know, y'all know we would be like, yep, if it was like canceled their hotel reservation, exactly. <laughs> it would be like, oh no, we said, you know what? Go and charge us. Go and charge us. We ain't sleeping here tonight. Um, uh, yeah, we, we out. I'm, I'm out. We, we going back. Cause uh, I can't, I ain't gonna sleep on this. 
And within an hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, they look, they sent text messages. They posted like, meet me, upper room. We'll be there. We on our way. <laughs> they have found, they have found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. Yo, y'all ever believe it? It's true. Y'all remember when Jesus said he gonna rise in three days? That ninja wasn't lying. He here. I saw him. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. See, I didn't catch it before. That's how they recognized him. How he broke the bread. Jesus probably had this real interesting quirk that he would dig a hole in the bread and that's how he would pull it out first. He wouldn't just break it like that. He probably had this kind of weird quirk that 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 Peter recognized like, yo, that dude is digging in the bread like that is Jesus. Like I have this weird quirk that anytime I have a sandwich, I got to smash my sandwich. People who are around me know they know I got to smash it before I take a bite. I don't care if it's a burger or a bologna sandwich. I'm going to have to smash it before I take a bite. I got it. It's got to be smashed all together. So he, I'm sure Jesus had a quirk. And that's when Peter was like, yo, that's my Jesus. Um, He's trying to play me, but I know that was him. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself, <laughs> Porter David Copperfield was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you. So can you imagine you sitting there telling them, what you just synced, not saw, synced. And then Jesus is going to roll up like he going to pull his David Blaine and be like, peace. What up, yo? Peace be with you. Because you know they were like, whoa, are you serious, Peter? What he look like? What was he wearing? Did he have on some fly new air sandals? Like, what was he rocking? And then he just pops up. Calm down. Peace be with you. But the whole group was startled and frightened. You think? This dude was supposed to be dead. Thinking they were seeing a ghost. I would have too. Why are you frightened? Duh, Jesus, you look like a ghost. They ain't never seen nothing like this happen. Like, dude, that was a dumb question. We saw you get crucified and now you here in a pristine white robe with some fly air sandals on. What you mean why are we frightened? Then he hit them with again. Why your heart's filled with doubt? Jesus keep coming at them like, dude, I would be like, Jesus, are you seriously asking me that? Really? Are you seriously asking me why I'm filled with doubt? Then he tells them, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see. It's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. because ghosts don't have bodies and they don't walk air sandals. And you see, I do, I got the new ones. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. 
<laughs> like, I don't really know what to do. Like, can I hug you? Like, what are we allowed to do? Like, if I give you some dap, like, I'm thrilled, but I'm confused. And I'm just like, yo, this is real. Are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? Like, it ain't my eyes playing tricks on me. I know I hadn't opened up my new specs, you know, but am I seeing? Like, can I hug you, Jesus? What can we do? And then I love it. Then he asks him. <laughs> Yo, I'm hungry. What y'all, what y'all got up in here to eat? <laughs> Jesus arose from the dead. And one of the first things he does is he had bread with him. And now he's still hungry. <laughs> and so, and so I'm wondering, as I'm reading this, I'm wondering, is this another indication? Is that Jesus? Like, you know how you got those friends that everywhere you turn, every time you turn around, they eating. And so I'm wondering if this is Jesus. Like, I'm wondering if this is if Jesus was the friend that every time they turned around, he was eating. So he roll up in this joint, scared a fire out of them, and he then just go ask them. What y'all got to eat up in here? I need a little sandwich. <laughs> I want a little fried red bologna. Put some Miracle Whip on it with some mustard because um, I'm hungry. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. <laughs> and he ate it as they watched. <laughs> they sitting there like... Yeah, the way he he yeah. He didn't even he didn't even say his grace over that. He 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 just started eating. Every single time we seen Jesus eat before, it was like he stopped, he blessed it. He was like, no, no, I want some of this broiled fish. I want some of this. And can you can you wait? Proof of life, ghosts can't eat. <laughs> I love it. But can you just see? <laughs> them just they just standing there and none of them none of them eating they just like this Tamisha they just like this like he really that's Jesus all right look at him like how he he put that hot sauce he put the hot look how he put that hot sauce all over his fish yep that's that's Jesus that's Jesus and they didn't want to fry it they gave him to him broiled I'm like, just, I mean, you got to pick up the nuances that, that scripture has put in there. They didn't just say fish. They say broiled fish. And he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then I like this. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He let them start connecting the dots. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now <laughs> I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, remember the last supper, he told them, I got to send the advocate. I got to go so y'all can get the next level of this. But watch this, he says, but stay here in the city 
until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. He's given them instructions. Don't miss it. Don't miss it, y'all. Don't don't get excited and bounce out of Jerusalem. I need y'all to stay here and wait till the Holy Spirit comes. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and he lifted his hands to heaven and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, once again, covering them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem <laughs> filled with great joy. I love that part. They returned to Jerusalem. They went back differently. They went back ready to navigate differently because they were filled with great joy and they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Pop over to John 1 through 23. I mean, John 21, 1 through 23. We're going to just touch on this. I forget what I have in here that I want to make sure we pull out. Um, oh, this is, okay. So that was the second time. This is what it was. So he appeared to Peter on the road. Then he showed up with all the disciples. So that's twice he's appeared to Peter. Later, G Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. That's the third time. This is the third time he's appeared to Peter. Let me make sure I'm counting right. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. So where did I miss? Uh, I'm sorry. Go to... Go to 20, go to John 20, because I want to, because he, he, he appears four times to Peter. Go to John 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace with peace be with you. So this is still the second time. 19 is the second time. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I'm just paying attention to what he said to them. As the father has sent me, so I am sending you. So he's repeating himself from the last supper. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. He's given them their power. Verse 24, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not, the other, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, third time, eight days later, the disciples were together again. This is the third time for Peter. Second time for the disciples, eight uh, for the apostles. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. This time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. Jesus is pulling his David Copperfield thing on him. But suddenly, as, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Dude, like, listen, I'm going to need you to start warning a brother now. This is getting old, uh, Jesus. You just popping in and out all willy-nilly. Peace be with you, he said. And then he looked right at Thomas. He came for Thomas. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Mm, there's something about that. Don't be faithless any longer. It's time for you to, to navigate differently. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed, though, are those who believe without seeing me. Go to 21 now, uh, John 21. This the fourth time. 
both time. This is the only place that this appears. It's not in ja uh, James, I mean, um, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. What happened was several of the disciples were there, Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, who also the sons of thunder, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. I can't sit here no longer. Jesus keep popping in and out. I don't know where he's going to pop up next. And they go, we come too. We're we going to go with you. They all said, so they went on the boat, but they caught nothing all night. And done. Pop, boom, pow, ta-da. Abracadabra. Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, y'all caught any fish? Jesus always asking about the darn fish. We know he loves some fish. No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it's the Lord again. When Peter heard, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and swam and headed to the shore. I'm getting to my Jesus. I'm getting to my Jesus. I know if I don't know nothing else, I know how to swim to my Jesus. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Jesus was cooking some fish. I'm telling you, Jesus was that dude that was always eating. <laughs> as, as we notice, and we're seeing the pattern, Jesus was always, and he loved him some fish. <laughs> fish and bread, fish cooking over charcoal fire and some bread. Jesus loved fish like I love black eyed peas. My mother knows anytime she lays eyes on me, we gonna have some black eyed peas. Uh, Instagram, before I forget, if I lose you, bounce over to YouTube. I'm live over there. I'm on, live on Facebook, but you can find it easy at TJ Mercer um, on YouTube, okay? If I lose you uh, in an hour, because we're about seven minutes from the hour. Uh, where was I? Bring some of the fish you just caught. Some more fish. Go give me some more fish. I want all different types of fish because I know this ain't, this is my last time y'all gonna see me, but y'all don't. So I'm trying to just have my fill of fish. Yes, Yvette, fish and Wonder Bread. You must be from the South. Did anybody else do fish and Wonder Bread? Like, that's something about fish, Wonder Bread, and hot sauce. I ain't really digging the hot sauce, but I get it. Like in the South, it's like them fish. That, okay, sorry, I digress. Bring some of the fish you caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now, come and have some breakfast. We're going to eat fish for breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Well, duh, he keep popping up on them because they knew it was God. They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. We making a point to make sure it was the bread and the fish. And that's how they know it was Jesus because Jesus dug the center of the bread out and put some, he made some honey butter and put it on, on it and whatnot. Uh, this was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Third time for them, fourth time for Peter. Uh, and after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. So let's just pay attention to what was important to Jesus. That was the whole point of me coming back to this, paying attention to what was important to Jesus every single time he visited. Every single time he visited, he was there delivering messages. He was there to report into them, to reaffirm that he said what he said, he did what he did. He told them where to meet him. He told them he was coming back. But then... Simon Peter gets a, an additional treat. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Duh, yes, God. P 
He replied, you know, I love you, dude. We're going to have to, how many times we, you've got low self-esteem or something. How many times we going to, I just jumped and swam a hundred yards to get to your butt. What do you mean? Do I love you? Think I'm going to do that for everybody? Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, I'm going to call you by your government name. Do you love me? Look, dude, I'm behind it. Would you keep asking me this? Where your self-esteem go? Aren't you supposed to be the son? You unraised yourself from the dead. You don't come. Don't you know this? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know, I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? But this time Peter was hurt like you. I thought we had squashed that beef of me denying you three times. And Peter, in his hurt, he's it's not even connecting that what Jesus was doing. He's, he's not connecting the dots. And we've gotten so downtrodden in our in our own mistakes and our own oopses that we, we miss when God actually redeem us. We miss when God is actually trying to show us, I love you. I forgot that mistake. Now it's time for you to forget it. I got other stuff for you to be focused on, but you still focused on what you did. And I'm like, dude, we got other stuff. We got work to do. Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Stop asking me this. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus was unbothered by Peter getting hurt. I need you to hear what I'm telling you, Peter, because you're going to remember this. You, it may not be clicking for you now, but you, you need to remember this because I know where you're headed. I know what the rest of your life is going to look like. And I'm trying to make sure that you don't forget your training. I'm trying to remember that you don't forget everything that I taught you, Peter. So this is my way of reiterating this. It's not connecting for you now, but there's going to come a point where you need to remember you are redeemed. And then you're going to have to show that kind of same redemption to other people and help them walk through what I just did for you. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take take you where you don't want to go. He's foreshadowing there. Jesus said this to let him know about what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus told him quite simply, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, John, and was like, um, so Jesus to this whole, I'm going to be taken where I don't want to go. Can John be the one to go with me so he can dress me? If I got to wear stuff I don't want to wear, John knows my style and my size. So can he go with me? 22, Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Peter, worry about yourself. But as for you, Peter, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said. People get stuff all twisted. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Our last scripture for the night. Mom, you can start making your way in. Our last scripture for the night. Turn in the corner. Go over to Acts. Y'all like, finally, we get new scripture. Acts 1. One through 11. We're just going to touch on this and then we'll pick this up on Sunday. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So Luke, when he's saying his in his first book, Luke wrote the book of Luke. But Luke, remember, was not an apostle. Luke 
was writing the events later. So in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the disciples from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. I think that's beautiful that he proved to them that was he was he was re he was shoring up their faith to prove to them that he really was like because they still like you know Jesus keep doing this David Copperfield thing like really is he really alive? I see you, mom. Um, and he. What was I? And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Uh-oh. Hold on. I had something playing in the background of my computer. Sorry. Um, what was that? Go back. Uh, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the disciples from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. For four. Once when he was eating with them, there we go. Jesus is eating. I'm telling you, that dude liked to eat. Do not leave Jerusalem under the, until the father sends you the gift he promised. I told you at the last supper, I need y'all to stay. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse six, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know. Dude, Jesus, so you keep popping in and out. So how long we how long we gonna you gonna let us be under Rome's rule? Like when you gonna free Israel and restore our kingdom? Jesus is like, I don't know. What you asking me for? I did my part. I'm I died, rose. I've done my part. And they are not for you to know. Like, don't even try. He, 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 daddy not even telling me. So you can't get nothing out of me. He ain't even telling me. But what I can tell you is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Worry about that part. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. You will be. Remember, Jesus told Peter, you will be the rock. You will repent and come back to me. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to be everywhere. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising from heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus had been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And that concludes Peter's training. And the thought that I want to leave you with tonight, and don't let me get caught up in what I'm going to do next and then forget. To, I have an acronym for you for reverse engineer your story. OK, so I have that. Um, actually, let me give that to you now. So hold on, mom. So we've watched Peter's story be written up to this point. And so there are five elements 
of your God-written life story. Five elements of your God-written life story. First element, well, there's not in any particular order. So one of your elements is that you have to S. You gotta have some kind of suspense. Suspense is gonna come when you feel like God don't have a clue what you what what what's happening in your life. You don't know if he gonna come through this time. Is this so extreme that you like, uh, I don't know how God gonna handle this. I don't even know if he gonna handle it. But it's got your story. If you're gonna have an amazing story by the time you get to your tombstone, I told you we were going somewhere with this, right? By the time you get to your tombstone, that dash that's in the middle between your born date and your left this earth date, that dash, that's where your story lives. And so in that dash, the story has to have some suspense. If God is writing the story, then T is going to have twists, plot twists, things you just don't see coming. And those are going to be things that knock the breath out of you. And there's going to be things that just totally surprise you. I did not see bingo being a part of my story. Heard this thing from my mind. And likewise, I didn't see losing my child. But it's making for one heck of a good story. Oh, opportunities for lessons wrapped in failure. You ain't getting out of this life unscathed. You gonna fail. You gonna fail. But then you gotta look at, well, what's the lesson that's wrapped up in this failure? My marriage failed. What's the lesson? The company that I thought I was going to retire from, work from for 30 years, just went belly up. The business that I had been dreaming about, I ended up having to file bankruptcy. What's, what's the lesson? But then when you get through the lessons, hey, every good story, that main character got some resilience. They, they getting back up. That main character is always going to bounce back if the situation doesn't kill her. If she not written out the storyline, she getting up because she was built with resilience. So by the time you get to that tombstone, you're going to have some resilience. And then finally, the why. Every story that God writes about his kids 
I guarantee you that it's not bad all the time. You are definitely going to have some yeah and some yes, baby. Yes, yes. Come through, Jesus. You're going to have a moment. He ain't going to have it be all bad. And that is what's going to make a good story. So that your tombstone is going to, what's on your tombstone when they, they all go back and unpack and they start to do a movie on your life, it, it's going to be a ride. So your story is going to have to have suspense where God is stretching your faith. It's going to have twists of things that's just going to knock you off your feet. Some of them just going to be like, woof, like a roller coaster off of that first drop. And it's going to have opportunities for lessons wrapped in failure. But likewise, it's going to have some resilience. You're going to bounce back. And then you definitely got to have some, yes, my God is awesome. Yes, yes, yes. that's my God. That's, that's my God. You're going to have those two. So the lesson I want to leave you with tonight is a funny story that I was thinking about of closing out Peter's training was a story. My mom is here. I was, uh, she, she don't, she may have an idea. Bond, do you know where I'm going with this? I don't have a clue where you're going. <laughs> so she nervous ever since you told me to come <laughs> on at the end of the show. What is she going to make me do tonight? No, it's more for you to just sit here and tag team with me on this. So I was watching, I was watching, I don't know what show I was watching, but they were in a tunnel and the main character was like, I feel like we're in a scene of the Ninja Turtles. And remember the Ninja Turtles, you, now you know. <laughs> and so for those of you who don't know the Ninja Turtles, the Ninja Turtles lived in the tunnels of New York, I think it was. And so I'm bringing my mother on because this is one of these stories <laughs> that I was in college and she called me and I couldn't understand a word she was saying, but it was a story about my little brother. And so the point of the story, what I want y'all to get is don't forget your training. We've watched Peter's training. Don't come out of this August. Don't come. Yvette is asking, how was the job? That's right. I might even check with you this week. To talk about, okay, we're gonna have to talk offline about the job. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to her this week. <laughs> so y'all, um, and, and knowing my mother, she got a whole bunch of stuff she just been sitting on to tell me that she's like, I ain't gonna bother her with. So, um, but this is a story about my little brother. How old was he, mom? Like six. Okay, when you left, uh, twelve. I left. I headed to Howard when he was five. He had to be so about six years Yes. And she had put him in karate lessons. Okay. So he had been going to karate for weeks. But my little brother was also a huge fan of Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. He loved, Lord Jesus, he loved him some Donatello. Uh, I guess the only one I can remember. He loved him some Ninja Turtles. 
You know, what? we still have the, that little container with the Ninja Turtles on. I still have what? that little that water bottle. Yeah, we sure do. And so, so I need you to keep that in mind. He's in karate because <laughs> he's in karate because the Ninja Turtles do karate or some form of martial art. I don't know. But Ninja Turtles do some form of karate. So he wanted to take karate for the, so he could be like a Ninja Turtle. And my mother, being the good mother, nurturing mother that she is, she found him a karate class. And so you know how after karate, you have weeks and weeks of training, and then there's this exhibition. <laughs> Y'all, she called me and she, I couldn't understand a word she was saying and she was trying to tell me what happened. So what happened, <laughs> apparently, Bud, you know, that's my little brother, Bud had been training and she had been taking him to class and he knew the rules. <laughs> he knew his routine of what he's supposed to do, you know, for his karate exhibition. <laughs> so the day of, so the day of, mom, you want to pick up here or you want me to keep going? <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so, the, so the day of she's telling me that Bud he walks out onto the mat <laughs> he takes his bow you know how you know in the you see them bow the opponent bow <laughs> and then all of a sudden Bud just started <laughs> Flailing, doing Ninja Turtle moves. Uh, <coughs> Mama, said, Mama, Mama said he didn't do nothing. He had been trained to do the whole time he had been in class. He followed the routine. <laughs> he waited to the day of exhibition and just started doing his Ninja Turtle moves. Freestyling, freestyling, and so, mom, you told me that you looked at the coach. What happened? I looked at the trainer. The trainer looked at me. I said, <laughs> "He got a trophy anyway for showing up." Uh, I just, I just spent twenty more money on karate. <laughs> she was done. I'm, I'm not wasting no more money on karate. Like I'm not trying to get you. I'm trying. Not, I'm not trying to get you to a level to get another belt, even a belt. I'm not trying. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh my god! I laughed for days on that mom did he ever explain did you ask him i don't remember if you telling me did you ask him what, I, I think you, that, and what were you doing i was doing what i was supposed to do what no you did not you did ninja turtle <laughs> oh my gosh okay so if y'all don't remember nothing else if y'all remember nothing else, I should have I should have pulled up one of his pictures when he was six so they can see what Bud looked like when he was six. Um, because <laughs> oh my gosh, it was hilarious. He looked like Bud on Rudy. They see Bud. 
Yeah, the reason why I call him Bud because he reminded me on Bud on the Cosby Show. Remember when Rudy would always go, "Hey, Bud, that's my little brother." So if you if you need an image of what my little brother looks like, he's I'm saying my little brother because he, now he's six four, so he's my little big brother. But he always gonna be my little brother. If you need an image of my little brother all of a sudden striking out and doing a Ninja Turtle routine, just think of Bud on the Cosby Show. That's who he reminded me of. <laughs> but I wanted to leave y'all with that because don't be my, don't be bud. Don't, don't, don't be bud. Don't, don't have spent this whole month with me and you go out and freestyle and you for, you forget your training. Go back and look at, make sure the list that you are my, you, you can come off now. That's all I wanted, wanted you to be there. Um, The list that you made yesterday, that's why, God, I guess God had us walk down the things that Peter learned, the things that he observed with being with Jesus. Don't forget your training. Don't don't have this be a whole waste and waste money like my mama did. And just you just go freestyle. Don't forget your training. So with that said. We're going to pray them out. Don't forget tomorrow. I want to see um, doing spill the tea. I want to see the people I have not seen. I want to hear what you're here lies the woman who I want to hear that statement because I want to start putting it out there in the atmosphere. Uh, so, Lord God, we thank you. We on day 28. We knocking them down, God, and you've been faithful this whole time. We've laughed. We've cried. We've loved on each other. We've we've encouraged each other. And at the end of the day, God, my desire is that we've made you proud. We've made you smile. And in my case, I hope I've had you cracking up laughing. So until we see each other tomorrow for day 29, where Elsie and Laz and Lipstick Chatter and Dana, Ramona some of these people who've been rocking with me quietly, they're going to show up and they're going to come on camera long enough at least to tell me what their life purpose is. How do they want people to read their tombstone? So with that said, God, I thank you. This has been game changing and magnificent for me and grooming me and just helping me remember what my purpose is to love on your kids be the world's greatest hugger and be their sap. Somebody's answered prayer. Uh, I want to see Cynthia too. This is what I ask in your name. Amen. All right, peeps, I'm going to reset. Um, I'm going to go live at like nine, nine, give me about 9.45, 9.50, something like that. Maybe 9.45. I just need to take a break since I'm not going to do uh, watch Chronicle like y'all. Um, no, I normally do with my piece, of, my piece of bologna and mustard. So I'm going to open some of my glasses. I'm not going to open up all of them because I'm trying to wait. As I told you, I'm trying to wait to see what the company is going to do. I've talked to my attorney today. Uh, so with that said, let's count it down. In 10, 9, Audrey said, make sure y'all camera ready. 8, 7. Miss Mary, I want to see you. Elsie, I want to see you. 
Lashenda, I know you said you're working, so that's the only way you're going to get a pass. Mom, I want to see you. I want to hear yours as well. Miss T, if you here, I want to hear yours. Tish, I want to hear yours. Patrice, if you listen to the replay, I want to hear yours. Uh, four, what was I? Uh, I don't know where I was. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So for those of you who gonna rock with me, Cheryl, yes, I wanna see you too. I see you, you got called out too. I wanna see you. Dolly, I wanna hear yours too. Um, so for those of you who gonna rock with me on unboxing my brand new specs, not these, I got a whole box in right there. I'll see you in about 10 minutes. All right, I love you guys. I love you, love you, love you, I love you, I love you. But if not, I'll see you tomorrow for day 29, spill the tea, okay? Mwah. Bye. Well, that's it. Hopefully, you enjoy what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later.